This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And welcome everybody to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. I am your host, John Allen. Uh, it's just me today. I guess we can call this a solo Sunday. Um, yeah, my son is dead. Now what? That's the question that I had to ask myself um, back in November of 2019. And uh, in one way or another, I asked myself that question. I've asked myself that question every day since then. Uh, as my longtime viewers and listeners know, uh, I lost my son uh, back in November of 2019 uh, to a heroin overdose. And the reason I'm talking about this again today um, is that today there was a um, rather well-written uh, newspaper article written in the uh, regional newspaper here um, by a, a great, great journalist, uh, Ida Klopin Gladysak is her name. Uh, thank you, Ida. Uh, she wrote this uh, wonderful article. She had been here to my home a couple weeks ago to interview me. And she was here for quite some time, over an hour, hour and a half maybe, I don't remember, but it was quite some time, you know, just asking me what could I share about the experience of being a father who has lost a son. You know, we've all seen the articles of the mother who has lost a son or a daughter. And I don't want to take anything away from mothers who are grieving the loss of, uh, of a child. But uh, I do want to shine a light on fathers, men who are grieving after the loss of a child. You know, men grieve too. Um, there is no gender monopoly on the love of a child. Uh, so again, I don't want to take anything away from women who, who are grieving, who have grieved, but I do want to shine on a light on the male side of things, you know. There's still, unfortunately, this thing uh, in our society, and it's something that's perpetrated by both men and women, this thing that says that men need to toughen it up. Um, this thing that says in so many words and actions and hints and uh, social structures that men should not show emotion, men should toughen it up. Um, you're a chump if you're crying. You're a chump if uh, you know, you're soft, you're weak if you show that side of you. But I would say that the man who shows his grief or uses his grief to possibly, um, potentially benefit others, that's a pretty tough guy. That's the badass. That's the tough guy. That's the real man that can do that. I don't want to say real man because manhood is... is, is multifaceted, there's many dimensions to manhood, but, but, but showing grief, uh, showing the softer side, showing emotions, sharing emotions is quite the manly action as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do. I still haven't read the article all the way through. I've skimmed over it and I saw her, uh, I saw Ida's rough draft, her first draft of it. So I know it's well written, but I haven't been able to read it here this morning because it's just, um, you know, I, 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 I share this, I share this experience of having lost my son, Johnny. I've talked about it a lot, uh, both on TV, 
on radio, on other podcasts, and on my own podcast. But it's, um, I don't know, grief, this grieving process, it's a, it's a roller coaster. It's an up and down thing. Sometimes I can talk easily <clears throat> about uh, losing Johnny. Sometimes it's a little more difficult to talk about, and sometimes I can't talk about it at all. Sometimes I can even laugh about it. There are um, a couple of bits that I've actually done in my stand-up routine uh, that have to do with uh, my son's life and death. So, you know, it comes and it goes. And uh, so far today, I just haven't been able to read that article. I will post uh, the article, a link to the article, in the description of this episode so you guys can find it. Um, the article is in Norwegian. It was it was for a Norwegian newspaper. The you know the the journalist is Norwegian, so the article is in Norwegian. Um, if you can't read Norwegian, there's always uh, Google Translate. <laughs> but for those of you who uh, are able to speak and or read uh, Norwegian, it's all there for you. So check it out. It it it's, uh, it, it goes into. Um, my relationship with my son, it goes into um, uh, the roller coaster ride of getting back in touch with him after, what, 16, 17 years of not having any contact with him at all. You know, I, I, I live here in Norway. He's, uh, he was, of course, still living in the United States. But let it be said that just because I moved to Norway, that doesn't mean that my contact and relationship with him should have stopped. Um, but it did, you know, there were other forces at play. There were other opinions um, and actions to be heard other than my own opinions and actions. And that led to uh, no contact with him for as long as he was a child and unable to make his own decisions. But let, let, me, let me say on a positive note that uh, the last what, year, year and a half, uh, before he died was, uh, for the most part, quite the joyous experience to be back in contact with him, uh, speaking with him, uh, learning about him. Of course, it, it uh, was quite the shock to learn that he had a uh, addiction to heroin and, and uh, opiates and other things. It was quite the shock to hear about the trouble, <clears throat> both physical, um, emotional, and legal, that that addiction caused him. Um, um, that's rough. What parent uh, would not be affected by that? And um, it's it, it it was it was a struggle, but it goes into the roller coaster experience that I started off with. You know, it was such an up and down thing. It was so great to be back in touch with him. It was so great for him to um, be able to speak with his uh, siblings. I'm not sure. Uh, I still don't know. Uh, I should actually ask my daughter back in uh, in the States if she ever, I don't think she ever spoke with him. Um, um, and that, and that's a shame. But he did get to speak with uh you know, Snoop and I have two two children, two young uh, teens here in Norway, and um, he did get to speak with them. Of course, they knew about him uh, from the time they were little. I told them they had a brother, uh, 
back uh, back in the states, and um, uh, and and a, and a sister. So they knew about uh, Johnny, and uh, one of the joys of getting back in touch with him was uh, witnessing uh, him and my two youngest here with Snoop uh, get in touch with each other, talk, get to know each other. Um, there's, and, and that kind of speaks to a myth that I would like to dispel, this thing where, you know, I can't tell people what to feel in their hearts. I can't determine what people know and don't know, you know, their education uh, levels when it comes to um, people who suffer from addiction. But I will say this, that uh, there is a myth that needs to be dispelled, that myth that says that all people who are suffering from addiction have an inherent um, uh, evil, something that should uh, be, that, that society should distance himself from. That's just not true. Because uh, I can say that my son was... Uh, one of the most innocent, yeah, I say innocent uh, souls that uh, that I've ever known in my life. And uh, he was extremely warm-hearted. Um, and it's just a shame that he's gone. Um, so why do I talk about this? Why do I put this stuff out there? Well, as I've said before, his passing is the, is the reason why I started this podcast. Um, his passing put me on this path to doing what I can to put information out there, to put conversations out there um, uh, that can possibly help people, that people could possibly learn something from or be motivated by. Um, this podcast is, is a, uh, for me, it's, a, it's an expedition, if you will. I'm out there searching for answers. I'm searching for information. I'm searching for um, more knowledge that will put me on a higher level than what I have been for the last years. Not saying that I sucked <laughs> before my son passed, but in his passing, there is a lot for me to learn from. Um, and some of that I've already begun to learn. Uh, but I know that there's more out there for me to learn. And how do I get that learning? Uh, where will that, uh, where will these teaching moments come from? Well, it will come from these different podcast episodes, not necessarily my solo episodes, but the episodes where I have guests who have knowledge that I don't have. They have things that I can learn from, and they may say or do things that inspire me. Um, so this podcast is putting me on a path towards a greater strength, a greater personal strength, which will then put me in a better position to help those who I love and those who I have contact with. That's the reason why I do this podcast. And I share that openly with you all. That's my agenda. You know, I may talk about a lot of different things. I may talk about, uh, you know, I, I might have some stand-up comedian friends of mine on. I may have actors, actresses, you know, people in the film business. I may have musicians I may have political discussions um, and everything in between. But the thread through all of my podcast episodes, through all of my discussions, is my quest for more knowledge to, in order to be on a more solid foundation from which I can launch my efforts to help both myself, the ones I love, and the people I come in contact with. That's my plan. 
I have a plan, people. Um, I don't think you live life to the fullest without a plan. Um, that's my opinion. Do as you will. Uh, you'll do what is what is best for you. Um, but for me, life is, for me is best when I have a plan, when I'm working to achieve something. Now, that doesn't mean I don't live in the moment. I'm very much uh, in the moment. But I try to make my moment, you know, each and every moment as um, physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually productive as it can be. And then the future will take care of itself. The past already has taken care of itself. So there's no sense in, in worrying about that. Now, I do sit and ruminate um, over... Um, the past in the sense that I, you know, I, I, and I think I said this in that newspaper article, of course I think about the past, you know, and all the good times I had with my son, also the rough times I had during that time with um, the family situation that, uh, that we were in <coughs> at that time. Of course, of course I think about that, but I avoid the what if thing as much as I can, you know, I'm only human. So of course, every once in a while, that question will slip into my mind, you know, what if, but I do the best I can. And I'm generally successful in pushing those type of what if thoughts uh, to the side, and then just marching on down the road, because that what if thing isn't going to change anything. Um, if when I think of the past, I'm thinking of it from a teachable aspect what can I learn from the past not what should I have done not what should I have changed um, but I try to think of what about that incident or those that series of events or that life what can I learn from it in order to make my present day self uh, smarter wiser stronger uh, more giving and so forth so the what if, the shoulda, woulda, coulda, I don't think that's very productive. Um, it's just not productive. So, um, you know, that can lead to, uh, you know, I was there for a minute, I got to tell you. Uh, when I got that phone call in the middle of the night saying, uh, your son is dead, uh, I fell into that thing of, oh my God, He's gone. I should have this. I should have that. But uh, I can't. I can't do that. That's uh, that's a, that. That's just a set of bald tires, spinning in the mud, taking the vehicle nowhere. I I I, I can't do that. So hats off to Snoopy, the wonderful and illustrious Snoopy, for helping me to to not be uh, in that vehicle with that set of bald tires spinning in the mud. Um, yeah, that's no place to be. I was there for a minute after uh, I got that message, but uh, uh, I'm happy and proud and uh, fortunate to say that I'm no longer there. But, you know, the situation does upset me. It is something that weighs heavy on my mind at times. And the question is, is, is how, do I, how do I deal with that? And I can't answer that question. I don't know how I deal with that. I don't have a, um, you know, there's no curriculum that says this is how you deal with 
uh, with grief. This is how you deal with loss, the death of a loved one, the death of a son. Um, you know, you can go on the internet and type in grief and all of this stuff about the seven steps of grief will come up. And I, just, I don't even think that is applicable. <laughs> in, in, uh, at least it's not in mine. You know, one of the steps, I believe, has to do with denial. I've never denied uh, his situation. Um, he, he did, <laughs> uh, unfortunately. Um, that's a big reason why um, he was so hesitant uh, to seek the treatment that he needed. Um, that has to do with denial. Now, as, as I said in that newspaper article, he, he was very quick to say that, uh, that he uh, used uh, heroin and opiates and other things. And he would even say from time to time that uh, he would even describe it as an addiction, uh, properly so, I may add. But where the denial in his case came in was the seriousness of uh, that addiction. He could never, he could never admit, or I feel he could never accept the seriousness of it. He would say uh, things to that effect that it wasn't that big of a problem that he could handle it and so on and so forth you know uh, I can't get into the mind of an addict but I know what I saw and I saw that form of denial uh, coming from my son and again it's a sad thing to watch um, and, and and then the question again is how do you how do you deal with that and I don't think it can be dealt with by anyone except for the addict themselves uh, it's not so much what the people around an addict does or what they don't do. It's what the addict themselves uh, does or doesn't do. That's going to determine the outcome. That's going to determine, um, that's going to determine the outcome. But then when I say willing, you know, willpower, it's not, you know, addiction only has so much to do with willpower because uh, never having been an addict myself, I can only uh, speculate. But uh, I would imagine there's a lot of people out there who don't want to be an addict. You know, they have, you know, their will says, I do not want <laughs> to do this. Uh, but that addiction will overcome sometimes the strongest of wills. Willpower alone is not enough to overcome an addiction. Right, I think I'm. I think I'm correct uh, in in saying that. You know, and I know people who are um, addicts who have been sober for years, for decades. Um, I think that would be a good teachable moment for a lot of people to have one of those friends on my podcast and just talk about it. Um, how did they experience addiction? back then when they were actively using, and how do they experience addiction now uh, after a longer period of sobriety? And how much of a factor is willpower? Um, you could have all the willpower in the world, but if you're, an, if you're addicted to that drug, that willpower alone may not be enough to keep you from using that drug. So I don't know, that would be a, that would be a very teachable uh, moment to have a discussion for me and for hopefully for you, my viewers and listeners, um, if we could experience that teachable moment. We'll, we'll see. I, I, I know some beautiful people who I consider very good, good friends. Um, and uh, 
the, the, the beautiful situation would be if they would be willing to come on and talk about that. So um, we'll see. We'll see if I can make that happen. I think that would be a lot of, it, it would be great for me. It would be very therapeutic for me. If I can be selfish for a second, it would be therapeutic and helpful uh, for me. So I don't, you know, I, I didn't plan on making this, this uh, episode today. This is kind of a spur of the moment thing. Um, like I said, I still haven't read that newspaper article, but it did motivate me to come on the mic uh, here on this Sunday morning and, um, and tell you people uh, what I've told you, share this with you. And, and again, I'll share the link for those who are able to read in Norwegian. It actually, it might be blocked by a paywall. I don't know. Maybe you need to subscribe to that newspaper. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If you can read it, great. If you can't read it, I hope that the words that I've spoken here on this episode um, have done something for you. Uh, at the very least, it's a window into what I am thinking and feeling uh, here and now, in the moment. In the moment. So, there you go. That's my episode for today. Um, for those of you uh, watching or listening, please look in the description of this episode. There you will see some links where you can click on those links and um, do uh, what you care to do to support my work here on the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. I do this podcast first and foremost for myself, selfish enough. Um, but I also hope that uh, the things that you see and hear uh, do something for you as well in order to lift you further along on your journey and put you also in that stronger, more stable position from which you can help yourself and those you love. Okay, uh, this has been this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. I love you guys. Be well. Bye now.